Today's episode is going to be a bit different from usual. Today I'm going to be revisiting some of my favorite and scariest stories ever sent in on the small town horror stories topic. Now, some of these you may have heard before, some of these may be new to you. But as always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Hey everyone, just as a quick reminder before we jump into these small town horror stories, I just wanted to remind you about Chilling. I want to make sure you take advantage of the free trial if you haven't yet. Chilling is the new home of horror, and an amazing mobile app that allows you to do things that are just not possible on good old YouTube. With hundreds of amazing stories that are sorted into curated playlists, or playlists you can create on your own, we give you so much flexibility to listen the way you want. This includes a Chilling exclusive feature, our ambient sound menu. Change the background noise of the story at will to fit your mood. It's an absolute game changer. Of course, this is offered completely and totally ad-free. That's right, no ads, just hours and hours of uninterrupted, horrifying, creepy, and all-around spooky content. And it's only getting started. There's tons of original content being added, with old-school radio show, classic horror novels, and more coming soon. And currently, through the month of October, Chilling is giving away a PS5 bundle. You can find more details to that with the link in the description and pinned comment below. Come join me, Let's Read, Mr. Creeps, Being Scared, and more on the Chilling app. Download and start your free trial today with the link in the description and pinned comment below. I experienced this back when I was 14. Now I am 23 years old. Back then I lived on the outskirts of a small town in Montana. Behind my home, there was a forest. Now, I had never stepped a foot into those woods until that day. The only time I'd ever even gotten close to that forest was when I was tasked with walking my family dog, Charlie. Now, Charlie was a big dog. I had never seen him cower before. On one of our walks, I heard a noise in the woods. It was the sound of a branch snapping. Uh, occasionally, whenever I took walks with Charlie... I would keep hearing these noises. One thing to mention though, is that whenever I took Charlie out during the day, nothing would happen, but during dusk or dawn or even nighttime, I would always hear this noise. The day I decided to head in was an extraordinary day because it was my 14th birthday. After everyone was in bed, I had snuck out with Charlie and we navigated our way through, or well, tried to. We ended up getting lost and came upon an abandoned shed. Then, the last thing I expected happened. Charlie started whimpering. That was never a good sign. I had wondered if there was someone there, but I couldn't see anybody. I didn't think I would need any form of protection, so I didn't have any. And then, I heard the sounds. A crunch here and a snap there, and the animals went quiet. I was terrified so all I could do was run to the shed and hide. Something got closer. I heard the leaves crunching. It was the only way I could tell how close it was. Then, a loud bang resonated through the woods. It was walking on top of the roof. I couldn't stop shaking, but I'd like to think that Charlie could tell how scared I was because he started licking me. Around five or ten minutes later, it hopped off the roof 
and I peeked out the nearest window. There was a human-like creature out there, grotesque with long limbs, pale skin like the moon, jagged bones and joints. It was extremely thin. Its spine was protruding underneath its skin. Instead of bumps on the spine, they were like tips of a knife. I felt sick to my stomach, and I almost hurled right then and there. I felt like I was seeing something I shouldn't. I managed to see its face. It was roundish. Its eyes were beady and black. They looked soulless, but I'm not completely sure. They were glassy like the eyes of a doll. Lifeless, and soon it had started to walk away, but not without turning back to me and letting out this demonic roar, like the roar of a lion mixed with the caw of a raven. I think it knew I was there. I don't know what prevented it from killing me, but whatever it was, I'm eternally grateful. Remember, if there are woods near you and you hear strange sounds, never forget that there are things out there that won't be as merciful as it was to me. If anybody knows what this may have been, please let me know in the comments down below. I'm incredibly curious. Hello, Swamp Dweller. Thank you for reading my story. I must start by saying this story falls about average or maybe even below average on the scary meter, but it was such a strange event that I found it discussion worthy. So maybe some of you will rate it high on that strange meter and maybe some of you will just think it's lame. I lived in the third house at the end of a dead end road just on the outside of a small town in Ohio. Many strange and dark things happened there. Maybe I will share those stories some other time. But one night, I was left perplexed by something I saw from my bedroom window. This old house did not have central air. Although I had a window unit in my bedroom, I'd like to shut it off and open the windows on cool, breezy nights. I loved listening to the sounds of nature. Surrounding the dead-end road were many miles of woods where I would see coyotes, raccoons, possum, and deer. These were everyday sightings. There were many times throughout many nights where the woods would go silent. I think most of you know when the woods go silent, there is likely a predator of some kind nearby. One night, I had my windows open. It's after midnight sometime, and I'm just browsing Pinterest on my phone when the woods go silent. It seemed like it was five minutes or so before I noticed how long everything had been silent. You could even hear a pin drop. Normally, when the woods go silent, it was never for more than a couple of minutes. Being curious and wondering if coyotes were sniffing around my front porch again, I got up and looked out my bedroom window that faces the front of the house. Now, at this time, I can't remember if I had started listening to these kind of podcasts or not, so I'm not sure if I had ever heard the stories of wendigos or not-deer creatures. Listening to one of the Swamp Dweller podcast shows made me remember this event and realize what I saw may have been one of these creatures. For context, the road at the front of my house was paved and went straight until it wide off into our driveway to the left and the other portion went straight ahead to the right and wide turned into a dirt and gravel road. Then I looked out the window. Everything was silent and I was surprised to see what appeared to be a very large and lonely buck walking down the middle of the road towards the dirt road and straight ahead. I watched for it, 
finding it strange that it was all alone. Normally when you see one deer, there are at least a few close by. As I watched it walking towards the dirt road, I thought it looked strange. First off, I'll be honest, I'm no hunter, but this buck looked massive. Two or three times larger than what might be considered average. Not only was it large, but the way it walked, like it was being worked like a string puppet, or like it was in a trance, or maybe even how a soldier would march. It never turned and looked at me. I never made a sound. I just stood there, rubbing my eyes trying to figure out what the heck I was seeing. I was 100% sober during this, just a heads up. Before it reached the point where I couldn't be able to see it from my window, I looked around. I'm not sure why. Maybe I was trying to see any other deer to rationalize what this was. This was only for a second, and when I looked back, it was gone. There was no way it could have left my line of sight so quickly. That's when I, that's when I realized I never heard its footsteps. It never made a sound. Just the woods came back to life right then and there, and I almost jumped out of my skin from being so spooked. I just stood at my window, feeling bewildered. What the hell did I just see? Whatever it was was definitely not a deer. This thing made the forest, which was usually very loud at night, go dead quiet. The way it walked, its size, how it just disappeared. The whole situation was just so bizarre. I thought about telling my roommate what I saw, but he was not a sensitive person and not a big believer in the unknown or the paranormal. Although a year or two later, when the house was being renovated, he started to believe. But hey, that's another story entirely. So there it is, my potential not-deer sighting. Like I said, it's not the scariest story, but it's a head-scratcher. Do any of you have a similar story? Can anyone tell me what they think I saw, or what they think the not-deer was doing marching down the road just to disappear? I feel like if I had made a sound or engaged with it, the situation may have escalated. I was always under the impression that there might be a portal on the property for spirits or unknown things to come and go through. Is that what the not-deer was doing? Just taking the portal back to hell for a dinner engagement with Satan? This story takes place in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee. For those who are not aware, the Appalachian Mountain Range is approximately 480 million years old, and I've always wondered, while hiking in the park, about what kind of animals once roamed the hills we hike today. In the summertime, the dense vegetation and the abundant rhododendrons can take you back to a prehistoric age when the dinosaurs would have foraged among the same hills that hikers now casually walk, basking in the unparalleled beauty that is the Smokies. This event happened in late December, when the leaves fall off the deciduous trees, opening the hills to your eyes, allowing you to see the contours of the land as you hike. Me and my girlfriend were staying in the small town of Weir's Valley, which is approximately 45 minutes west of the bustling tourist trap of Gatlinburg. We'd stayed in Gatlinburg in years past and decided that this year we wanted a small cabin, far from the normal hustle and bustle of the late December tourist rush. Many of the locals spitefully call this period from Christmas to New Year's Hell Week, 
Knowing this, we decided to stop at a small hiking store and inquired about a day hike that would take us far into the backcountry. They pulled out a map detailing the western end of the park and showed us multiple trails that would fit our description. We ended up settling on a trail that was about four miles one way, with a massive waterfall as the reward at the end of the trail. We arrived at the trailhead at about nine in the morning, and there was only about one car there already. Perfect. It was an elderly couple getting their packs ready for their hike, and we were excited at the lack of hikers. As our goal for the day was to try and not see a human being for the entire hike, the first half of the hike was entirely uneventful. We reached the waterfall after about two hours or so, and sat down and took a lunch break before departing back towards the trailhead. Before I continue the story, I want to make a note that we had not seen a single person the entire hike so far. We had not even seen so much as a plane flying overhead. That's why we turned the corner on the trail and we froze in our places. There was a girl walking alone about 50 yards ahead of us. Now, normally it's not uncommon to see people hiking alone, but they typically look the part. They usually have a hiking pack, hiking shoes, and they'll almost always acknowledge you and ask you how your day is before you go in your separate ways. Not, not this girl. First and foremost, she did not look like she belonged out there. She looked like she was about 15 or 16 years old, and she did not have a bag or any water. She was wearing tennis shoes, which was odd considering that this rugged trail demanded heavy hiking boots. We were shocked to see her out this far by herself, and we were even more disturbed that we didn't see her before turning the corner on the trail. She essentially appeared out of nowhere. After me and my girlfriend exchanged concerned looks, we decided to continue down the trail as normal as we didn't want this girl to turn around and see us just standing there and spook her. We made ourselves known as best as we could by kicking rocks with our boots and talking to each other. This girl didn't turn around and acknowledge us or even respond to us one time, even when we said hello. After about 50 yards of following her at a distance, we reached a creek crossing with a rudimentary path of dry rocks as the only way to cross. She put her arms out to balance herself, and we both noticed that when she put her arms up, it didn't look right. Unless you had terrible balance, there was no reason to balance yourself on this little creek crossing. Calling it a creek is almost giving it too much credit, as it was more like a gentle stream coming off the hill that crossed the trail and flowed to the river below. The water at its deepest was no more than six inches, and if you had halfway decent hiking boots, you could simply walk through the water without getting your feet wet. Wanting to be considerate of our fellow hiker, we decided to wait behind her as she arduously crossed the creek. She took way more time than she needed to cross, and it felt like she was deliberately walking slow to creep us out. We crossed the creek in about 30 seconds' time after watching her take two or three minutes. Keep in mind, this creek was maybe 15 feet long at that, and as I mentioned, maybe six inches deep. I decided to cross before my girlfriend, because I had a nauseating feeling in the pit of my stomach about the entire situation and I wanted to put something between her and my girlfriend. Because I had my eyes glued on this girl, I wasn't paying attention to where I was walking, and my foot slipped from the rock and fell into the water, making a very loud splash. Even though this girl was less than 20 feet ahead of us, she still did not turn around and acknowledge us. After me and my girlfriend crossed the creek, 
we could see that shortly ahead were a set of switchbacks going down the mountain. We decided to stop and put some distance between us and the girl. She was walking at an incredibly slow pace, and we waited for a couple of minutes before we saw that she had gone around the corner down the first switchback. Me and my girlfriend had a brief conversation about what the heck just happened, and we collected ourselves and continued down the trail. We didn't think anything much of it, we just tried to continue going without being unnerved any further. We thought that was the case, and so, when we turned down the first switchback and saw something terrible, well, we saw nothing at all. The girl had vanished, unless she took off at a sprint as soon as she turned the corner. We should have seen her. The switchback was very gradual, and we could clearly see the next five or six switchbacks below us. The leaves were gone off the trees, allowing us to see every foot of the trail below. Even if she started running, we would have heard her. The main river was about 500 feet below us, and the rushing water was barely audible from where we were standing. She either vanished, hid behind a tree from us, or somehow managed to sprint a quarter mile down the mountain in complete silence away from us. We had absolutely no idea what to think, so we once again stopped to collect ourselves. We were terrified and were not sure whether to go back up the mountain or continue down as planned. After a hurried deliberation, we decided to proceed down the trail as normal. We never saw her. As we reached the trailhead, we ran into a group of hikers and we figured we'd ask them if they saw a teenage girl hiking along without a backpack. They gave us a strange look and said we were the first people they'd seen on the trail all day. We simply thanked them and continued as to not scare them. I've always heard of paranormal things happening in the Smokies, from Bigfoot to Skimwalkers to a group of wild mountain people living primitively within the park. I've always entertained these stories because who doesn't love a good ghost story? I've never anticipated having an encounter of my own in the woods. The scariest thing to me about the encounter all these years later, though, is that we never saw her face. My name is Savannah, and I'm currently 18 years old. This story happened when I was 5 or 6. I was incredibly young, so it was hard to remember what age I was. This story tells my very first paranormal experience. I will be sharing my other stories that will also hopefully be read to the swamp. My mom and I listen to your episodes every night before going to bed, and we love every story that's read, so I figured it's about time I put some of my stories on the channel too. At the time this happened, I lived in a small town called White Hills in Arizona. It was a town that was pretty much in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by desert for as far as you could see. I shared a room with my two sisters, and the room was a bunk bed on one wall and a regular bed on the other side of the room. We had three rooms in the house, but the spare room was always way too freezing to sleep in at night. My oldest sister also complained about the house being weird. We had clothes that were hung up at the end of the bunk bed. She would always say how they would move on their own. I even witnessed this once or twice myself. It was terrifying because I knew it was not my sisters tricking me when it would happen. They would all be asleep. Between our beds was our dresser with a hermit crab tank on top. Across from the tank was the door. When the door was open, you could see the wall to the hallway. When the crab lights were on, the light reflected against the hallway wall. 
Down a bit to the right was a bathroom that was between our room and the freezing spare bedroom. It was late at night and the door was open. I was looking at the wall contemplating on if I should get up to use the bathroom. I feared the dark since I was very young at the time. I had enough courage to eventually get up and slowly walk down to the hallway. When I looked to the right, which showed the living room, it had a little bit of a light showing through because of the huge windows that were next to my parents' door. I could see something moving. It looked like a huge dog. I remember it being way bigger than a dog, though. Much bigger than the one I had at the time. And it was sniffing around the living room. I was staring at it. Though, once it spotted me, I saw these piercing yellow eyes. I saw it started walking towards me, kind of like in a trot. It was weird, because it looked like it was running with the time slowed. It was kind of blurry, as it was in the speed between walking and running. I ran back into the room and hid under the covers, because, you know, for some reason, kids believe hiding under the covers will keep you safe and protect you. For some reason, though, I didn't think to close the door behind me. I was terrified out of my mind. I waited, terrified under those covers. Everyone was asleep except for me. It was just me and the power and swirls of the hermit crabs. And the light from the tank didn't make me feel much better, but being able to see just a little bit more helped me feel brave. Eventually, I lifted my head from the covers to see a shadow on the wall that was not of a dog. It was a grown man in a suit, a hat, and it looked like they were holding a briefcase. It looked as if it was walking closer to my door. The shadow on the wall getting bigger as it walked closer. I ducked my head under the covers again and closed my eyes the tightest I could. There was no sound throughout the house. My mom did not know about this story until we moved down to the house a few years later. Eventually, we would move to Las Vegas, Nevada. I think about this story here and there, but now that I'm older, it's harder to put all the pieces together. I've seen a lot of things. I'm pretty sure I've even talked to something before. This was just one of my earliest memories as a kid. Let's just say, from that point on, I always slept with the door closed and the light on. I live just outside Louisville, Kentucky in a small town just across the Ohio River in Indiana. A few weeks ago, Louisville started to have protest marches for the BLM movement. Lots of people, myself included, downloaded a police scanner app to know what was going on in real time. At first, I just listened to different police departments in Louisville, but soon started checking out any town around Louisville for police dispatch reports. That's when things got weird. About six weeks ago, I was scrolling through different towns on the scanner, when at 2am on May 15th, I hear a 911 dispatcher send out a report. The dispatcher said a group of teens reported some type of creature stalking them. One cop replied and said, creature, how about a meth head? I remember the chuckling of the cop, and I remember chuckling at it too. Then the cop replied again and asked for the coordinates. The police department I was listening to was from Jeffersonville, Indiana, a small city just across the Ohio River from Louisville. Jeffersonville was like most small cities in the Midwest. You know God-fearing and with many drug-related problems over the last 10 years. 
so the meth comment by the police officer seemed to be about right. I figured either the teens or the person they were calling about was on drugs. Having nothing else to do, seeing as weeks in quarantine had rendered me bored, I continued listening, hoping for something entertaining to happen. Well, about 20 minutes had passed when a very worried police officer came over the scanner. I don't know what is out here, but it is not a meth head. Send backup ASAP. The dispatcher then told the officer to change channels after that, and I didn't hear anything else about it. The next day I was on Facebook when I saw a friend reposting something about from the teens before. They recounted how they were walking by their waterfront Friday night when one of the teens in the group said they felt like they were being watched. After a few jokes on their behalf, some of the teens looked up and saw a giant creature up in a tree. They said it had red eyes, and once they noticed it, the creature jumped out of the tree and flew away. This was probably what most people laughed and mocked at. Myself, after reading it, got goosebumps though. I thought about how freaked out the cops sounded and figured these teens might have actually seen something. Days would pass with nothing but the usual banter on the police scanner. A few crimes here and there and protesters doing their thing. Other than that, there wasn't much to keep me occupied. Wednesday, the 20th of May... I had been unable to sleep, so with nothing to do, I sat down watching some television. After midnight sometime, I decided to open my scanner app and for a short while, after checking channels, I came across another weird dispatch. This time it was from New Albany, Indiana. The dispatcher was looking to send an officer out to respond to a car wreck. What happened next really had me on the edge of my seat. The scanner jumped alive after 10 minutes. The officer reported he needed an ambulance ASAP. The wreck was an older model Ford that had ran off the road going at a high rate of speed. The officer told dispatch that the driver was in his early 60s. He reported that he felt the man was driving while impaired. The dispatcher jokingly asked, what makes you say that? The officer replied, well, the driver says he lost the road while fleeing away from a winged man-like bird thing with glowing red eyes. Laughter was quickly silenced from the dispatcher when the officer whispered into the mic, Oh my god, I don't think we're alone. Send back up immediately. The scanner goes dead for quite a while, when suddenly, an officer feverishly screams, Shots fired! Shots fired! I think I hit it! The dispatcher quickly tells the officer to change channels. Nothing but silence came after that. I gripped my phone waiting to hear more, but fell asleep shortly after. The next day in the local news, sandwiched in between news stories about politics and police brutality, there was a small story from New Albany. The news reporter said an officer while investigating an automobile accident was attacked. Upon other officers arriving on the scene, one of the officers was found unconscious. While surveying the incident, the other officers had seen a tall man running towards them after repeated commands to stop, and shots were fired. Then, the news reporter said it was at that point the suspicious man disappeared. The reporter then interviewed a homeowner who saw the incident. The homeowner relayed that they saw something strange happen after hearing shots ringing out. They saw the suspect fly into the air. The anchorman back at the studio said, well, it seems like he had a few beers last night, and tried to sweep it under the rug. 
It was after this that I decided out of boredom to look up the description of the subject on the internet. So I typed into Google winged man with glowing red eyes. What came up actually shocked me. I read on a few websites about a town in West Virginia called Point Pleasant. In several articles, I learned that between November of 1966 till December of 1967, several residents had witnessed a moth-like creature with glowing red eyes. Some people described it as a creature with a 10-foot wingspan, glowing red eyes, and a man-like frame. I remember thinking, that's what people are seeing around here. I feverishly kept reading, and when I came upon this part, my heart almost dropped. December 15th, 1967, Silver Bridge and Point Pleasant collapsed, taking 46 souls with it. This news had me shaking my head. I kept reading other web pages, and there were several theories as to what happened. However, most pages feel this Mothman creature was an omen, some sort of warning or foreshadowing to the collapse of the bridge. This theory had me freaking out. You see, Louisville has five bridges crossing the Ohio River. There's the Big Four, the Lewis and Clark, the Abraham Lincoln, the Sherman Minton, and the JFK. A few years ago, the Corps of Engineers had to shut down the Sherman Minton Bridge for a few months because of structural defects. Then there's the Abraham Lincoln, which was just recently built, so who knows how well that one is. I know they finished ahead of schedule, and at least one person died during construction. I've now have to take it upon myself to drive to these bridges and see if I noticed anything that could be wrong. I'm not sure what to even look for, but I can't sit here and do nothing. I've also gotten a hold of the teenagers from the first sighting, and they have agreed to tell me their story. I just want to say I'm a big fan of the swamp. How? There are times I fall asleep listening to the stories on the show. Just a bit of backtracking will hopefully give you a bit of a better picture of this whole thing. My girlfriend at the time and I lived in a small town in southern Illinois. I was the only one with a job at the time at a great factory. And no, the sighting was not due to lack of sleep. It was about mid-May, early June 2019 when I about lost my mind and possibly my life. My truck had been down for about a week so I had to use her mom's little truck. I got up about four in the morning. It was still dark out and processed to have coffee and then probably about 4.30 I leave. On the way out to work, about four miles from my house, the tire blew and I knew I could not get a hold of anyone this early to help me out. I decided to call in and examine the problem and being the hard-headed soldier I am, I locked the truck and started hoofing it home. Usually, you can hear animals doing at least something, but it was dead silent. I felt that I was being watched about a mile in, but shook it off and walked on. The feeling never left, so I decided to play music to get it out of my mind. All was fine until I passed under the railroad bridge a half mile or so. I heard this loud and familiar noise. I looked around and I saw nothing, at least for the moment. I walked a bit further, and by this time the sun was giving enough light to make out all the surrounding fields and houses in the hills. I came up on the first fuel coming into town, by the road when something got my attention. I stopped to see a man on the far end of a 150 meter field. 
I chalked it up as a farmer bagged a deer with his bow, so I started walking again, and then I heard it again, and this time it was more of a roar than a yell. It finally hit me why it was so familiar. It had the same rhythm as the roar from the old Godzilla movies. I froze and turned slightly to see a man coming towards me. As it got closer to make out some details, my eyes started to well up with tears. This thing looked like my uncle who died when I was 12, and at the time I was 25. It made that noise again before picking up the pace, so I turned and bolted, doing all I could not to stop or slow down. I could hear its heavy footsteps gaining every few feet. I could feel it was right on me when a car started to come around the turn. Just like a flash, it stopped and to my surprise disappeared into the tree line. I saw my chance and took it. I was maybe three blocks away from my house, so I cut a few yards and hopped a fence to save time. My ex, but still my girlfriend at the time, had just laid back down when I burst through the door and fell to the floor. She ran in with my rifle ready and was surprised I was back, but she had a scared look on her face like she was ready for something. She locked the door and came to comfort me. I told her everything that went on and she told me that she had seen something standing at the bottom of the hill watching the house when I left. We stayed up drinking coffee, too scared to sleep. If anyone can explain this, please leave a comment, and thank you, Swamp Dweller. Hey, Swamp Dweller. I'm a big fan of your channel, and I listen to your episodes on an almost daily basis. I have a few stories for you that I've been meaning to submit for a long time now. I'm sorry if it's kind of long, but I wanted to get all my experiences written down. At the time of writing this, I'm a 28-year-old man. I've always considered myself one of those people who has never had any paranormal experiences. That is, until I started listening to your channel and taking a tally of all the creepy experiences in my life, I came to realize that yes, I think I actually have been touched by the paranormal. I grew up in a small farming town in northwest Wisconsin. The area I grew up in was a very heavily wooded area, and there was a lot of remnants of Native American activity. Almost every town or river had a Native American name, and you could find a lot of arrowheads if you really looked for them. Our house was situated in the middle of a very thick forest on the outskirts of our town, and about a mile back into the woods behind our house was a very large, very old Native American burial ground. The mound was this real tall hill in the middle of the woods that sort of came out of nowhere and had a vague pyramid-type shape. My friends and I would sometimes walk back into the woods just to visit it because it was kind of cool. One time, me and a friend from down the street walked back to check it out and discovered somebody had built a small, creepy-looking Blair Witch Project-style stick hut on the very top of the mound. I suppose it could have been there from some kids messing around, but judging by how well built it was, this seemed unlikely. Somebody who knew what they were doing had obviously spent a substantial amount of time building a weird hut in the middle of the woods, but we didn't find any other evidence of human activity, and we got really creeped out, so we left immediately, and I don't think we ever went back. Anyways, my family's house was built in the middle of a peculiar plot of fine yellow sand, about three acres in size. 
It looked like somebody had scooped up a section of tropical beach and plopped it randomly in the middle of Wisconsin. We were told that this was due to an ancient ice glacier grinding down rocks as they slowly made their way across the continent. Whatever the cause, I always had a hunch that our plot of land must have had some significance to Native Americans, considering how odd and out of place it was in the middle of this pine forest. This is kind of important, because based on my experiences in this house, it seems likely our house was a brand new construction that we moved in into as soon as it was finished but I always had a vague sense that there was something weird or mystical about our property and the surrounding woods. For the first couple of years we lived in this house, nothing out of the ordinary really happened. That is, until one night when I had one of the most significant paranormal experiences of my life. Just to give you a picture of the scene, my bedroom was in the basement of the house, and the door to my room was located at the bottom of the stairs immediately to the right of the last step. When he walked into my bedroom, my bed was against the wall straight ahead and there was a window immediately to the left. One night, I was about 15 or 16 at the time, I was asleep in my bed. Everybody in the house was asleep and all the lights were off. Suddenly, sometime around 3am, I woke up on my back looking at the ceiling and for the first thing I noticed was that there was a strange blue glow in my room. I had a stereo in my room that would cast a faint green light from the clock display, but for some reason, the green glow turned blue. Also, the air looked kind of misty. The next thing I noticed was that I could not move a muscle, no matter how hard I tried. I started panicking. After about 10 seconds of struggling and asking myself what the hell is going on, I experienced the most frightening thing I have ever experienced. I noticed that I could start sort of physically feeling a presence on the top of the stairs outside my bedroom. The presence felt evil and emanated a feeling of dread that I cannot properly describe to you in words. Almost immediately after I sensed this presence, I got the sense that it could tell I knew it was there and it knew I was awake. In my mind's eye, I sensed its head snap and look in my direction. Suddenly, I heard heavy loud footsteps going from the top of the stairs and scramble all the way down to the bottom, like the creature was crawling on all fours. It sounded exactly like the scene in The Exorcist when the girl crawls backwards down the steps, but the footsteps were heavier and a lot louder. It abruptly stopped right in front of my bedroom door. Through sheer force of will, I was able to turn my head and look at the door. The door slowly creaked open, and I will never forget what I saw. A sickly pale colored humanoid shaped creature about the size of a man slowly crawled along the floor into my room on all fours. It was skinny and its skin had no texture to it. It was just a plain pale sickly color. I watched it slowly crawl right up to my bed and put its hand on my covers and slowly raised itself up. It revealed a face that was completely blank and featureless. No eyes, no nose, no ears, nothing but a blank pale slate. Nothing except a wide, grinning mouth that had long, thin, crooked, pointy teeth. The best way I can describe it is that it looked exactly like Venom from Spider-Man, except skinnier, pale-colored, and no facial features. It slowly, menacingly started pulling itself closer to my face. As it got closer... It slowly opened its mouth and hissed at me. 
They saw a long, black snake-like tongue fall out from its mouth between the rows of sharp cricket teeth. I was the most scared I've ever been in my life, and I did the only thing I could possibly do, which was turn my head away from it. I heard the hissing grow closer and closer to my ear and felt its tongue brush against the side of my face and its breath against my hair. The hissing got louder as it got closer, and then I blacked out from fear. I woke up a few minutes later, and the creature was gone. I still could not move, and my head was turned towards my bedroom door. The blue glow in the room had changed to a sinister red glow, and my door was sitting open about 12 inches. I just laid there and stared at my door wondering what the heck just happened, and what was going to happen next. Suddenly, I saw three hooded figures slowly glide into my room through the door. They moved very slowly and deliberately. Without stepping motions, it was incredibly smooth, almost like they were levitating a couple of inches off the ground. I watched as they floated in a single file, and they came to a stop and stood against the wall opposite of my bed. They were probably around six feet tall, and they were nothing but identical dark silhouettes of hooded figures. I could not make out their faces or any features. They were a darkness that seemed darker than the rest of the room itself, almost like they sucked away the light around them. I could tell that they were looking at me. They stood there for no more than ten seconds, just staring in dead silence, not ever making a single noise. And then, as slowly as they entered, they turned and silently glided out of my room. As the last figure walked out of my door, it suddenly paused, turned its head to look at me. It then grabbed the doorknob and closed my door. I struggled for another few seconds. I honestly had no idea what happened. Finally, I sat bolt right up in my bed, loudly gasping for air. Everything in my room instantly returned to normal. I darted my eyes around the room, but everything was as it should be. I'm not sure how I managed it, but I laid back down and thought to myself, it was just a dream. It was just a dream. Over and over, until I finally fell asleep. I was in complete denial of what I had just experienced. I later came to learn that this was probably a phenomenon called sleep paralysis, but it felt very, very real. Over the next couple of years to come, I would have other crazy experiences with sleep paralysis in this house, and it was always in this house, nowhere else. One notable experience that comes to mind is I woke up on my back like usual and felt the same evil aura of dread outside my door. It slowly floated closer and closer to my bedroom until it entered my room through my closed door. This time, it was invisible, but it was there. At this point in time, my bed was rotated with the foot of the bed facing the door, and I felt it get right up to my bed. Suddenly, I saw and felt indents form at the foot of my bed as if a heavy, invisible person was crawling onto my bed. I saw the indents move up the bed next to me, and then a large indent formed next to my entire body, like the presence was laying down next to me. This type of thing became a rather common occurrence. I would have extremely frightening experiences like this every other month. I tried my best to ignore it, but honestly, it was never anything easy. My parents ended up separating about a year later and renting out the house, and the people my parents rented the house to ended up accidentally burning it down. Don't worry, they made it out and nobody was hurt. Sometimes, I wonder if whatever the present was in that house had something to do with this. 
The weird thing is, is my house was the third house on my street to burn down. Anyway, these are some of my experiences. This is all 100% true to the best of my memory. I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for taking the time to read it, Swamp Dweller. Three years ago, I was living with my then-boyfriend in a one-bedroom apartment in a little mountain town. It was a half-basement unit, so the bottom of all of our windows were level with the ground outside. It was also an older apartment, and not all the windows would fully lock. One day, my boyfriend comes home from work while I'm lying on the sofa, and immediately runs up to the window near me and looks out of it frantically. He then goes to look out every other window in the house then walks around the outside looking in the windows. When he comes back in from this confusing exploit, I ask him what the heck is going on. I think I just walked up on a dude looking in the window at you. He took off as I walked up, he tells me. This was naturally very unsettling, but after discussing it and considering the time of day, around 2pm, and the number of people out and about around the complex at the time, we came to the conclusion that it was probably just a curious neighbor or someone passing by, happening to glance in. With that, we forgot about it. If only that was the end of the story. For the next couple of months, odd stuff happened here and there. Someone would knock on the door occasionally. Then, when I went to answer the door, no one was ever there. I'd find things in my apartment that I was not familiar with, or things like clothing items would vanish. I didn't really think much about it, until one night. My boyfriend and I were arguing. Around one or two in the morning, we were being a little bit loud about it. We were standing in the kitchen face to face. His back was to an open window with the blinds up halfway, and I was facing it. Amidst our arguing, I glanced behind him at the window, thinking I saw the reflection of my face in it. The window was open. It wasn't my face. There, was a man with his face pressed almost against the window screen watching us. Given the fact that we were arguing, and it was late, I thought for a moment that it might have been a concerned neighbor walking up to the window to speak to us. A main walkway for the complex was right on the other side of that window, so I spoke to him. Uh, hello, can I help you? I asked a little aggressively, thinking a neighbor was intruding on our privacy. He responded by just staring unwavering and cold, directly at me. His face did not change expression. He did not blink or move at all. He just looked right at me. I have never been looked at like this before, or since. It's something that's almost impossible to describe. In this instant, I also realized that because of the window being level with the ground, the only way this man's face to be where it was was if he was laying on the ground outside of the apartment or crouched and contorted to look into the window. My heart absolutely sank. I buried my face in my boyfriend's chest and closed my eyes in fear. My boyfriend up to this point thought I was messing with him. When I buried my face in his chest, only then did he say, Is there really someone at the window? I whispered that there was. He felt my fear and took a moment before he turned around. By the time he did, the man was gone though. It was at this point that I started to think about the little odd occurrences that I had been experiencing. I assumed the worst. I filed a police report with his description, and my brother loaded my apartment up with weapons to protect me, 
or at least inform this peeping Tom that I was armed. After that night, myself, my boyfriend, and my brother were on high alert. There were a couple of times when my brother came over that he saw a sketchy dude hanging around, and even one time he saw him at my window. He tried to follow him discreetly, but the guy took off running as soon as he saw my brother stepping into his direction. The last night I had an experience with this man, I was sitting home alone on my sofa. My boyfriend was at work at a restaurant about two blocks away. He had picked me up from work about an hour earlier. We had sat on the sofa together for a little while when we got home. Then he kissed me and left for work, locking the door behind him. After he left, I continued to sit on the couch. I was scrolling Reddit for a while as well. After about an hour or so of me sitting there in silence, I hear a door creak open. It's a pretty small apartment, so I can see the bedroom and bathroom doors from the couch. All I would have to do is just turn my head a little bit to the left. I assumed it was one of my cats coming out of my bedroom. So you can imagine my shock when I lean over and see the door that's opening is the door to the water heater closet. I look to my right and see both my cats sleeping soundly at the other end of the couch. I look back to the door and it's still creaking open very, very slowly. It opens enough for me to see it. A set of fingers wrapped around the door, easing the door ever so gently to open it as quietly as possible. That was going to be a no for me. I ran my ass barefooted out the door, into the snow, and down the street to my boyfriend's job. I called the cops, and when everyone was back to check out the apartment, of course he was gone. After that, my boyfriend and I packed our stuff and went to stay with my parents, and six months later, we moved a thousand miles away from that town, and that was the end of it. I live a thousand miles away from where all of this happened, so a part of me thinks there's no way this person could have found me. But last week, I heard a knock on my front door of my apartment. I was expecting a package, so I figured it was a delivery driver and didn't really answer. I'd go get the package later when I was ready. Then they knocked again and again. The third one made me feel uneasy, so I waited a good 20 minutes to check the door. When I did, there was no package, no note, nothing. Someone was just knocking. Although it made me uneasy, I didn't really think back to my stressful experience in my last town. A few days later, I went out to get groceries. I have a little patio and I go out there in the mornings to just chill or check on plants. I have a lot of stuff going on in my backyard. I've been known to leave it unlocked during the day by accident from time to time and I never really thought it was a huge deal. Until I came home from the store two days ago and the deadbolt to my apartment was locked. The deadbolt that can only be locked from the inside of the apartment. I assume somebody robbed me because I dumbly left the patio unlocked. I called my sister, I called my current new boyfriend, I waited for people to be with me, and I went into my apartment through this sliding glass patio door. Nothing was out of place. Nothing of value was taken. At this point, my heart sank. Nothing was touched, nothing stolen. Someone was inside my apartment just because they wanted to be inside of my apartment. I filed a police report. We checked for recording devices and cameras. We put up our own cameras all over the place, and we are on high alert. A couple of neighbors that I am friends with have been helping me look for suspicious characters. Today, one of them said that on Sunday night, while I was home, a strange woman who he's never seen around the complex before knocked on her door about 9.45pm and asked if I lived there. She didn't use my name, just described me. My neighbor, knowing the situation with me, just said no, 
and closed the door. I really, truly hope this is a coincidence. But if whoever it was really followed me across multiple state lines, there's no one on this earth that I'm less interested in meeting. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode, as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or another podcast platform, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating as it helps us a ton over there. If you're from a small town or have a story from a small town and you would like to share it in a future episode, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories, no matter where you are. You can download them absolutely free. From Apple Podcast, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, turning on notifications, and subscribing, be sure to check out our merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool swamp threads. Let me know in the comments what story tonight was your favorite. Join me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy video.